You are listening to the Two Writers Walk Into a Bar podcast. In every episode, our goal is to help inspire and celebrate authors' journey to publication by reading and critiquing query letters, then tackle a writing topic we hope you find helpful. Hey, welcome back to Two Writers Walk Into a Bar. Hey, Ken. Hey, what's up? (laughs) Oh my gosh, it's been forever. I know. feels like we're, it's been forever we are back guys we're so sorry we you know what it was the whole i think the last time I recorded was in november and the holidays are nuts the holidays are crazy for me i don't know about you ken but the yeah. holidays are nuts for me i have my daughter's birthday right in there and my husband's birthday it's just crazy for me <laughs> yeah same here yeah it's a crazy <laughs> time for everybody yes so we took a little break and we took a little you know i don't know a little not a vacation i just certainly didn't go anywhere but <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, we took a little break, but we're back, guys, and Happy New Year's 2024. Um, I can't believe it's another year, and I'm not agented. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> I know, right? <laughs> On January 1st, I was like, another year has gone by, and I'm still not agented. Great. <laughs> I know. I'm coming up on four years now. <sighs> yeah, we won't talk about that for me, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but oh, I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to uh, to connect with you again, and hopefully this year will be a better year. Um, I'm lucky if I'll probably get two books written this year to query. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But uh, what are you drinking? Well, you'll never believe it. Okay. But... <laughs> Well, grand. well, same here. My same beer. Yeah. Cheers. There you, there you go. Happy New Year, by Happy the way. New Year. Absolutely. <laughs> it was either this or Corona, but the Corona was warm. So I was like, eh. oh, no, no. <laughs> Can't yeah. do warm beer. No. <laughs> no. So, yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah, welcome back, guys. Um, I'm glad to be back. We have a little bit of a different uh, show today for you guys. We're still going to do our regular where we do a query and we read first pages. Uh, being that it's the beginning of the year, um, a lot of people aren't ready ready to query and agents are just now getting back into the office, I think. So um, I know that over uh, Christmas, over the month of December, I agents were working because I got a bunch of rejections. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they were probably going through that slush pile. The new year was coming. They knew like more queries are coming. But I tell you what, in the month of December, I was just getting a lot of uh, rejections on the queries I set in like October, I think. And I was like, yeah. oh, that's, well, that's good. It's nice to know they're going through their slush pile. <laughs> so big question the current book you were writing, how is it coming? So I knew you were going to ask me that. Hey, writer friends, querying is hard and putting together a query letter is even harder. We want to help. Send us your query letter and first three pages to our email at twowritersinabar at gmail.com. And we'll read your query on air and give feedback on your first pages. And don't forget to tell us where we can find you on social media so we can share it with all our listeners. We want to help inspire and celebrate with you on your writing journey today i actually okay so i gotta tell you guys i haven't really um written that book i wrote myself into a bit of a corner not really a corner more like a wall i kind of hit the wall with this book and i've been trying to figure out what the heck is wrong 
what did I do wrong in this book? Um, and so I, of course I didn't do any writing in December. Not going to lie. I wanted to, I did it. Oh, actually I lied. I wrote a short story that I'd submitted, but other than that, I did not write in my novel, my current whip that I'm uh, doing, um, uh, because I couldn't figure out what the heck is wrong with this book. So finally, um, the last couple, um, days I've been listening to podcasts, listening to agents, and I think I figured it out. So today I went, was going through, I have like 29,000 words written in this book, guys. And uh, I'd stopped because I was just like, I don't know. It was just was not, I could, I knew it was something wasn't right. And it turned out that I was fucking up the, uh, my character arc. Mm. It was not there. It's just, it was not, it was nowhere there. And I was focusing too much on the premise and um, because my stories are more character driven, uh, Ken, I don't know if you are more plot driven or more character driven, but because I write for the young adult market, they tend to like character driven stories. So yeah. uh, the stories I write, have to, they're pretty heavily on the, that character arc. And so I kind of had this like epiphany, I, I don't know, I guess. Um, that my book was just was relying too heavily on the premise and I wasn't bringing that character arc along. And so now I'm kind of going back and and filling in where I need to fill in. Yeah. Before I start getting into the promise of the premise. So that makes sense. So today I didn't do much writing as I was kind of just going in and making sure that I was hitting that character arc, make sure I was setting it up so that you can sort of see where it's, you know, hopefully you can get an idea as the reader will get an idea of where that arc is going to fully go, whatever. But yeah. So what about you? How did you do in your whip? Not great, obviously. <laughs> uh, December, I don't know. It's so busy and so much crap going on and so much yeah. stuff to do and. Yeah. And it's snowing like a some bitch here, so like I'm mm. out shoveling all the time. I don't know. I got lots of excuses. I I wrote a little bit in it. I hit thirty nine thousand today. Nice. All right. Good. Yeah. Okay. So about the That's halfway point. No. I'm Ten thousand words behind you. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm I'm finally starting to get back in the groove, especially yeah. after I got some really good feedback from an agent. Instead of a form yes. letter, they actually wrote back to me and gave me some advice. That is so oh, so oh my god, so invaluable! I swear, it's that's invaluable, amazing. Yes, and so oh my yeah, god. I've just been going back and re-editing uh, my first whip that I ever wrote, mm -hmm. and it's a whip now because I'm going back and fixing things and yep. toying with it, and then. Mm -hmm. uh, so I've been doing that and then writing a thousand words a day nice. for the All last right. week. So I'm getting back in the swing of things. Yeah, I feel like um, I've definitely feel like I, I mean, I have I was starting to plot out this new book idea that I had. And I just can't get it right. I don't know what it is. So I decided to just kind of pump the brakes on that and focus on what I have, especially now that I know that I'm pretty sure I know what's wrong with this damn book. But anyway, yeah. but that's great. I'm glad to hear that. Sounds like we're both starting. Today was the day that uh, <laughs> yeah. we're working on it. <laughs> yes. And I have like five or six new really freaking cool ideas that i'm excited to fuck oh yeah that's good on. well i will tell you that i knew you were going to ask me that question today and i knew we we're recording today so i was like i need to get my yeah. shit together ken's gonna be like yes, what did you do i will <laughs> you and, guys and, 
Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I, was go ahead. Like, I was like, just get yourself a critique partner because honestly, if I honestly, if I didn't have this recording with Ken, I probably wouldn't have pushed myself today, and maybe I would never finish that book. You really do need someone who's going to hold you accountable to your work, and I know I can say that Ken is that for me. So, get yourself a critique partner. <laughs> yeah, they're super helpful. Find yes. a good one. They're super helpful. But yeah. Yeah, and you're going to have to go through some bad ones. Just go through the slush pile and get rid of those. <laughs> and also my struggle with the genres where I was kind of locked into this genre. And I found a way to lock all the genres together into one big oh, nice. universe. And I'm really excited about that. I just figured it out like a half hour ago. Oh, that's great. Minutes. Yeah. And I was that's great yeah, so, yeah was no that's all oh, good i'm so glad it's yeah. always so fun when that joy of your writing comes back like i'm not gonna lie at the end of the year november december things start to kind of like wane for me because i get so busy with the holidays and everything with the family and stuff um but then once that's over in january i kind of like feel like okay i'm coming back i'm like a <laughs> you know, Phoenix rising out of the ashes. <laughs> exactly. And like, I got another year to query. Ah. Yep, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, so, all right. I so, have one more question before we yes. get on to the next thing. What are you yeah. reading right now? <laughs> I am reading um, uh, Gods and Monsters. Uh, it's the the third uh, book in the Serpent and Dove trilogy. So it's okay. a YA fantasy romance. Yeah. And who yeah. writes that? Shelby Mahurin. Oh, okay. Yeah, she. Uh, it's the Serpent of Dove uh, because she has a new book that came out that follows that same world and one of the characters, yeah. uh, and it's a vampire book. And I bought that book and I want to read it, but I need to finish this third book from the previous uh, trilogy. Okay. So I'm trying, and it, she's a thick one. She is thick. Let me tell you. But I'm like, nice. I gotta do it. <laughs> what about <laughs> yeah, you? What awful. are you reading? <laughs> uh, two things. Audio book. I'm listening to Robin Hobb. Uh, uh, the Ship of, of Magic. Yes, I love yep. Robin Hobb. She's amazing. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> the first book in the Live Ship Traders trilogy. Um, okay. It's all in her world, the realm of the Elderlings. But this is uh, a totally different character from the first series I read okay. with mm -hmm. Fitz. So that's what I'm doing that. And then I'm reading Between Two Fires by Christopher Buhlman right now. Oh, nice. Okay. All right. That skeleton's cool as fuck, too. Hell yeah, it so, is. Um, is yeah. Robin Hobb, would you say she's similar to um, Brandon Sanderson? Her. yeah she's she's yeah. the queen of fantasy yeah, yeah i was gonna sure. say because when you talk about some their stories they sound similar that's cool yeah it's yeah, awesome. I like that all right on right yeah yeah it's good to keep reading guys um i will say um in december i read two uh books i think i've read um i finished a book that i was trying to finish last year got that finished and read two more um, because I realized that I wasn't, I, I read three books last year. I am ashamed to say that I read three books and I know I don't, you don't need to read like a plethora of books, but you should be reading. And yeah. I will say for the most part of last year, I really wasn't reading that much because I was just trying to like get, you know, trying to write, you know, and between working and writing, my reading time has fallen flat. So I, but this time I'm like, okay, I need to, I need to do better with my reading. I need to keep reading. There's so many good books yeah. out there and we and should I'm, be reading the debut yeah. authors because that's what um, publishers are, that that's what they're, they're selling. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And I'm trying to rush through this book because I'm dying to start reading this. I just got it. Oh, nice. Okay. And Lou, The oh. Grace of Kings. It's supposed to be one of the best fantasy series. So. Is it really? Oh, yeah, the, dan that... the Dandelion trilogy dandelion dynasty something like that 
Uh, I'm not sure. Did that come out? Is that like a couple years ago or a year ago? Well, yeah, tell. Uh, a little more than that. Okay, nice. Yeah, but I'm really excited to read that. Um, last thing, my daughter got me a bookmark, and I'm absolutely in love with it. Let's see it. It is a leather puppy. Oh my god, <laughs> that's cute. <laughs> oh, that is yes, yeah, it's very very cute. I love I it. Oh, yeah, so. your new bookmark right. this year, huh? <laughs> oh yeah. Nice. All right. Yeah, I didn't get any books this year, but I for Christmas, but I went and bought books after when they had that big sale. <laughs> oh hell yeah. Yeah, so I bought like three you. books. Yeah. I, I gotta wait for the sales, you know what I mean? I, I am a bargain yeah. hunter. <laughs> oh, and I'm gonna keep bugging you. I'm gonna be like, read the books I sent you. Read Miss. I know, Warren, I know I will. Here. I listen, last year was about I don't know. I just I don't know. I, I need to uh, I told myself that I need to do a schedule for myself. I'm going to write in the morning and I go to work and I plan to read in the evenings when I can yeah. and uh, read a little bit on my days off. So, but anyway, so, so today guys, we, I kind of came up with this thought um, and I'm dragging Ken along with it. Cause you know, he has to, no, just kidding. <laughs> he doesn't have to. <laughs> No, but I just thought, so I'm, I am a visual learner. I learn by examples. If you give me examples, I can understand something a lot better than if you're just telling me, right? So I, um, and writing is, a, it's a difficult thing to do, which is why not everybody can finish, you know, a lot of people start writing or start writing a book and they don't finish because it is hard. It, what we're doing is difficult. And adding on to um, trying to be traditionally published, it's even more difficult because, you know, otherwise, you know, we would just, you know, quit or self-publish. I don't know. Not that self-publishing isn't hard, but I'm just saying it's to, yeah. to get for that traditional publishing. It's it's a lot, lot harder to, um, to get it, your story right. So sure. I thought what Ken and I both talk movies. We love movies. Uh, I know this isn't like a movie channel. This is about writing. But like we've said before, movies and books, they go hand in hand. They're stories. They're just two different mediums of storytelling. Yeah. One's visual, one you're reading, and you have to use your own um imagination essentially for a book right but um the thing about um a thing about movies is that they use a lot of the same things that we use in writing so and what i'm talking about is uh save the cat um and we there's other i mean obviously there's other story structures like the hero's journey and we'll we will go over that as well i have there's movies that follow the hero's journey that we can talk about so if you're more of of that if you enjoy that story structure over save the cat or anything else we will have we'll go over that too but this won't be in every episode this will just be an occasional episode where we might just kind of mix things up We'll have our regular episode where we have our query letter, we give our critique, and then we, we tackle a writing topic. Um, and then on occasion, we're going to have an episode like, like this where we're going to talk about a movie and we're going to break it down uh, by the Save the Cat Beats. So, and I'll go over the beats so you kind of remember. So if you're not familiar, you'll be like, well, what is that? What does that mean? And um, so, you know, at least you're not going to be lost. Oh, I, I actually forgot. Oh, my gosh. We have a really neat update. Ken, we helped an author. If you guys remember, if you've been listening to our podcast for a minute, um, we helped an author. Her name is Jessica Kay. She sent in her query letter and her first pages, and we gave our critique. 
And I think you can find her critique um, on episode eight, which is part two of Stephen King's on writing that we did, I think back in October, um, she got a publishing contract and she emailed us and um, thanked us for helping her with her query letter because she was able to get a publishing contract. So congratulations, Jessica. We're really excited for you. We're so glad that we were able to help you. Um, and that she thanked that she gave us a thanks. Um, that, that was really cool. I just thought I was really neat to get that email. And I was like, why? That's really cool. Hey. That's, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So uh, so congratulations, Jessica. And uh, when your book comes out, hit us up. Let's, uh, you know, we'll talk about it. We'd love to hear all about it. So if you want to, if you can't remember what her story was, she sent in, it's episode eight. Uh, so it's just a, a few episodes. This is episode 12. So it's just a few episodes back and it's the part two Stephen King on writing. So anyway, check that out. Listen to our critique. And again, if you are a querying writer, um, you know, feel free to send us your query letter and first few pages. It's free. We don't charge. <laughs> Um, I was uh, in a Facebook group and they're like, is this free? I was like, yeah, it's free. <laughs> we don't charge. <laughs> no. All right. So we're going to talk today. We're going to talk about Die Hard. Okay. First of all, I just want to ask you really quick. Do, is Die Hard a Christian, uh, Christmas movie? Absolutely. Yes. 100%. Oh, thank God. Okay, yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. Because Absolutely. I agree. I agree 100%. Like it takes place during a fucking Christmas uh, party. It's a Christmas party at an office building. And there's yeah. like Christmas music and yeah. you know there's like the Santa hat on the dead guy. And snow. <laughs> and snow at the end. Yeah. 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 The soundtrack is Christmas. Yeah. It's definitely a Christmas movie yeah, guys. Christmas and if you movie. don't think so you're wrong. I'm just kidding. Yeah. You lose. <laughs> You're wrong, okay, guys. It's a Christmas Game movie. Game over. But I mean, no, it's not. It's not technically Christmas. It's January, whatever. But I figured Die Hard number one. It's an old enough movie um, that most of you have seen it. I hope if you haven't, I'm really sorry, but you need to go watch it. <laughs> yeah, it's the best action movie ever made. Yeah, if you love action, but even if you don't, I mean, if you wanted to see what our, I mean, we're we're basically gonna spoil this movie, guys. Okay, so I yeah. just want to say too that whatever movie that we talk about on these episodes, it's gonna we're gonna spoil it. It's it's yeah. you know, but this movie's old enough to you're not like, hey man, like it's still out in the theaters. Don't spoil it. Yeah, you can read that on. <laughs> I got the yeah. DVD, but I mean, you can read it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it came out in the eighties. It'd be all right. Yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> if you haven't seen okay. it yet. Yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know what you're doing, but yeah. <laughs> so um, <laughs> let me grab this really quick. Um, I have my Save the Cat uh, writes a novel that I want to just kind of bring up really quick. So this is the book that we're talking about. Uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, it's written by, uh, this one's written by Jessica Brody, but it's based on um, the Save the Cat uh, makes a movie. I forget who the author is. I apologize. But uh, essentially, it's the same thing. It's just, it's the same thing. Um, it's just one is for movies and the other is for books, but it's pretty much the same. So, um, so again, just a little spoiler warning. If you haven't seen Die Hard, go watch it. Come back and listen to this. If you've seen it, great. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, one of the 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 beats, um, Save the Cat, there's 15 beats in Save the Cat. And it's basically what this guy said, uh, what the reason why he came up with this book was he had watched all these movies and he found a lot of similarities that they all had these same things 
in the movies. Like they all yeah. had the same, he just kind of noticing like, oh, this is really similar. Like, oh, this, they had the same thing in this movie, in this movie. And so this is kind of like, he just sort of came up, he sort of like caught onto it and put it in a book. So there's 15 beats, okay? Uh, I'm just going to go over them quickly, but as we go through the movie, I will uh, explain what what each beat is supposed to do. But just for now, I'm just going to give you the beats. The uh, beat one is the opening image. Then two, uh, two is theme. Three is setup. Four is catalyst. Five, debate. Six is break into two. Seven is the B story. Eight is fun and games or promise of the premise. Um, nine is midpoint, 10, bad guys close in, 11, all is lost, 12, dark night of the soul, 13, uh, break into three, and then 14, the finale, and then 15 is the final image. So what this guy is basically saying is a lot of these movies follow this. I happen to know that Disney does follow the Save the Cat. So if, even if you go and watch a Disney movie, you're going to see a lot of these beats. You're going to see them all, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. So if we're talking about Die Hard, um, if you're familiar with the story, you're going to know exactly what we're talking about. So I'm not going to go into too much ex explanation about the movie because I'm going to be going on the fact that you've seen this movie as many times. I've seen this movie, like, I don't know how many times, like a, a hundred times maybe. I don't know. I love this movie. I had a mad crush on Bruce Willis. So this was like the movie <laughs> that I watched a lot. Yes. And <laughs> Professor Snape pretends to be a German terrorist. Yes, Professor Snape, <laughs> Alan Rickman is in this movie, and yeah. honestly, oh my god, he, I, I, to me, he really makes this movie, okay, I, he makes this he movie, does. Um, he plays a fantastic villain, one um, of the best of all time, he, yeah, yes, um, Patrick, he's, yes, but Professor Snape is playing a villain, yes, yes, <laughs> 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 okay, so uh, so the opening image. So the opening image, according to the book, is it it should fall in your manuscript. It should be between obviously zero and one percent of your your book. Okay, and basically what your should be your opening image should do is it provides a quick before snapshot of your hero and their world. So before the thing that fucks everything up for them, this is how we how we see them. So in Die Hard. And we get this opening image of John's plane is landing in Los Angeles. Yep. And I believe he's coming from New York. Yep. Yeah. So uh, basically we see him land. Um, he, we see him on the airplane and um, he's kind of like a little bit nervous. <laughs> he's a little nervous on the airplane. And one, there's a, the guy next to him tells him to take off his shoes and socks when he gets somewhere with the rug um, and make fists with his toes, right? And he's kind of like, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So kind of like this is this, this is the opening image. We're getting to know our character. He's coming from New York. He's a little uh, nervous of flying. And he gets this little piece of advice that shows up later, unfortunately, for him. <laughs> And not in a good way, like no. not in a good way, right? I mean, he yeah. tells him to take off his shoes and his socks, and you know, at the moment when you're watching this, you're like, "Yeah, that sounds really nice." Yeah, <laughs> that sounds nice. That's actually like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so and that's right away, guys. Okay, so just think about it in your book. So as we're going through these bees, what I want you to do is to think about your story. 
think about what you're writing and then ask yourself, do you have these scenes in your book? And if you don't, then just go back and add it. You know, no big deal. Just go back and add it. Right. Yeah. yeah no big deal. Okay. So the second beat is the theme. The theme hat should be about 5% mark. And basically the theme is stated. So what that means, if you guys know what a theme is, if you don't, it's basically the, the story, the, the lesson in your story, whatever. Right. Um, the hero's need or life lessons somehow are hinted up front, usually by a secondary character. Okay, so basically what your hero needs to learn at the end of the story. Now, I have to say before, I, sh I should have said this before we started, sometimes a movie may not have all the beats. I could, I had a hard time with this one for Die Hard. I really couldn't quite figure it out. And I went and did some research to see if anybody else had figured it out. And it was pretty tough because it's not really stated. The only thing that I could think of, and I don't know, I would, I would um, like to ask your thoughts too, Ken, but yeah. Um, and it's not really a theme like per se up front, but you kind of get it is when he's in the limo with Argyle. So he has a limo, picks, um, uh, John is going to go see his wife, right? Who lives in California. Estranged. Estranged wife, yes. Yeah. And um, her, her company sends essentially a limo a driver and limo to pick him up from the airport. So he gets in the limo and his the character's name is Argo. He's fantastic. Love him. He's really funny. Great character. <laughs> yes. But he asks him like, you know, are you married? Like, what's your history? Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, I'm married. Yeah. And then he's like, uh, but your wife lives in California and you live in New York. And he's like, well, what's up with that? You know, like, I mean, yeah. and he's just like, oh, well, I'm a cop and, and, uh, you know, I'm working cases and I can't just leave and I love my job, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And she got a job offer in California and Argyle's laughing. He's basically saying like, oh, so basically you didn't think it was going to work out and you thought she was going to come back to you <laughs> he's like <laughs> and um john mcclain says something like you're very um you're very um accurate or i forget what, what he says um he tells him like basically like yeah you hit the nail on the head yeah so i know it's not it's not like the theme as stated but i feel like it's a maybe it could be a theme for john mcclain where he needs to learn like your wife has his whole career in life out in California. I, for me, I felt like he needed to like, I don't know, swallow your pride a little bit and, you know, figure out what you, you need to figure out what you want to do. You want to stay with her or not? Because clearly she's not coming back. Like yeah. she's in California. She's been there. I, I forget how many, I think it was like six months or nine months. I forget what it was. I can't remember exactly. Uh, I should have wrote that down, but I didn't. Um, so I don't know. I felt like that was the theme, but I could be wrong. I would like to know your thoughts. Um, I think it's it's the same scene, same characters. I think mm -hmm. it's uh, John McClane needs to learn that family is more important than his job, basically. He needs to prior yeah. prioritize his family. I think that's the thing there. I think that's the theme. Yeah, because he does say... Yeah, because yeah. he basically does say like he picked his job over... Yeah. following his wife to california and and yeah. kids which and ki that's right they have two kids mm -hmm. yeah so yeah yeah so you're so that theme it didn't come from john mcclain it came from a secondary character that kind of caught on to what he needs to figure out so um and maybe it's there's not also really sorry to interrupt there's also okay. like uh the 
the, another thing is the sex roles where she's making a lot more money than he is. And that makes mm-hmm. him feel weird is what I get from that scene also. So that's another part of it too, is that she's making hundreds of thousands. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also, um, it's kind of like, um, you kind of have to read between the lines. Cause it doesn't come out, you know, it doesn't come out it, at you. It's you not kind correct. Of have, right. Yeah. So you kind of have to like, you know, you're and, and we should be doing that and we're writing our book as well. You should be leaving things open for the reader to interpret and draw their own conclusions and draw up yeah. their own theories. Because otherwise we're just we're telling, right? Yeah, so, if you tell them everything, they'll be like, fuck this manual. I don't I'm Yeah, a story. it's thing and you're telling me everything. Let me figure because readers want to figure think about your reader, you want to figure it out. So yeah. So I kind of like that you we're I mean we both have two different interpretations and neither one of us are wrong, I don't think. It's just two no. different interpretations, which is great. Yeah. And you can think about that for your manuscript. Okay. So the third us uh, beat is the setup. And this one says it should be between one to 10%. And it's basically setting up the hero's life and status quo before everything changes and then show all um, your characters in act one. Okay. So the setup, obviously, like we talked about is John's trip in the limo with Argyle. Um, Then he ends up arriving at the office party. And um, uh, as he's arriving to the party, we're, we're also seeing the bad guys show up. To the party so you kind of want to introduce your characters right the yeah. the characters that are going to show up like yeah, even the bad guys we want to see a little bit of that glimpse of what's happening or at least get an idea of the bad guys so and that mention them right yeah yeah so we're kind of like wondering like oh you know more as the movies were like oh something bad's gonna happen the bad guys are coming in the book it's like oh that sounds ominous that person sounds like they could Terrible. be like, yeah, scary. yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So um, and that, you know, and that's a good I mean, that's like the first 10 percent of your book. So that's basically like those that first chapter, essentially, or two, um, maybe three, (laughs) depending. But yeah. So, you know, it's a good it's a good chunk of you sort of setting things up. We're introducing your characters. Um, We're just sort of seeing, again, a glimpse of their little life before shit goes down. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so then the, the the fourth beat is the catalyst, which this is the most important, I think, my own opinion, um, is important step. And this should be about 10% or earlier. This is the thing that disrupts the status quo with a life-changing event to your hero. Something has to go wrong. <laughs> Something has to push them into a completely different direction than where the character thinks they're going to go. Yes. Also you, called the inciting incident in uh, yes. book. Yes. Called the inciting incident, the catalyst. This was basically the thing that, the, this is where everything goes wrong. Shit's going down, man. And all of a sudden, now they're spiraling and you're like, this is bad. And, and for the movie and Die Hard, the catalyst is when the bad guys crash the party. They come in with their guns and they start shooting and they announce they are here. And, you know, um, they... I, I don't remember if someone dies right away. I wish I, I watched this like a week ago. <laughs> but what basically what they do is they take, they basically arrive, you know, they kill the security guard down at the bottom, at the very yeah. bottom. They kill him straight away. They start setting up. You're getting an idea that they're, uh, it's clearly this is a sort of like a money job um, type of thing. They know there's some money there in this big tower. And um, right away they kill the security guard. And so, 
when they kill that security guard, you know these guys are bad because yeah. they don't even they don't they don't tie him up, they don't hold him hostage, they just shoot him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just kill him. He's you know it's like nope, we're not even gonna mess with you. We're not even gonna deal with you. You're dead. So yeah. for me watching that, I was like, yeah, these guys are serious. These guys are yeah. gonna kill, and people are gonna die. Yeah, and they you don't know care. Right away. You he, know immediately. Right away. You get that immediate sense. And so you think about that in your book. You think about when you're, especially when you're introducing your villain, have them do something just, just vile and despicable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know, something to scare the shit out of your reader and your character. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's basically what that is, you know. So once uh once um but before that, like I mentioned before, John McClane, before the bad guys come in, he fucking takes off his shoes and his socks. And he's <laughs> he's like rubbing the, the, the carpet like that guy told him. As the guys enter into the building and start shooting people and he hears the gunshots and hears this and he has to run and hide. And so he doesn't get a chance to like get his shoes. I don't know why that part always bugs me. <laughs> I know. It's like, oh my god! It's like if he just would have had his shoes. But anyway, <laughs> if that dick on the plane wouldn't have said something, <laughs> I was just like, every time I watch it, I'm like, oh, it's so annoying. Okay, so the catalyst. Okay, so that's your inciting incident. Um, something that has to go bad. That's gonna just really ruin shit for your character. And you need to have this, guys. Okay, uh, if you don't have this, if you're if you're listening, and you're like, well, I don't have anything like that. You need to. Uh, rethink uh, but you probably do i can't imagine that you don't uh, okay so the fifth uh beat is the debate um and that happens between be, the, the, at the 10 percent to 20 percent. so the catalyst is at 10 percent. the debate is going to be at that time or a little after and it's we need to see your hero um how they will how they're going to proceed with this new life-changing event okay so they have to there needs to be a decision they have to decide, are they going to get involved or not? And then, like, the why. So for Die Hard, um, John stays, decides he's not going to get involved. He's a cop from New York, but he's not getting involved, okay? So he is going to stay out of it. He's like, this is an L.A. cop problem. I'm from New York. I, I'm not going to get involved. I'm here with my family, whatever. So he tries to find a way to call the Los Angeles police, okay? And he uses everything that he can to try to alert the authorities instead of being the hero himself. So that's the debate scene that we see in Die Hard. Um, we don't really know much about John McClane at this point, so all we know is that he's a cop. Um, you know, just because... Um, well, when I started watching this, Bruce Willis, I think, had already started in other action movies. I'm not sure. But um, he, you know, we didn't know that he was going to be this action hero. And you don't know that when you're watching. You just think he's a cop from New York. Really? And he's he's a guy caught from New York with no shoes and socks. <laughs> and no, I uh, can't remember if he has a weapon or not. I, I can't remember if he has a gun. I don't think, I think he could I think bring, he. I don't think he bring it could he i think he yeah so he's like a cop with no gun and no shoes <laughs> or, or maybe he did i don't know i think that he i just don't think he was able to get it because he kind of had to run out of the room that he was in very quickly yeah but um yeah no socks no shoes cop from new york 
no gun, whatever. He's, so he's yeah, so, so he decides I'm not going to get involved. So that's the yeah. debate that we see in Die Hard. And we do, we do see him actively trying to get a hold of LAPD so that they can deal with this shit. Okay. And then, so that's the fifth uh, beat. The sixth one is break into uh, two. Uh, and this should be at the 20% mark. And this brings your hero into the upside down world of act two, where they fix things the wrong way. Um, but note that they don't have to leave, um, but should try something new. So like if you're uh, writing a story, usually break into two means they leave their home and they're on a travel journey to another destination. doesn't always have to be that way, but they should try something new, like a new relationship, a new job or a new way to approach their life. So they need to be doing something that's completely different than what they were doing in, um, in the first part of the, um, of your story. Okay. But they usually so, fail, right? So yeah, so it's like you you where they fix things the wrong way. So that's where they, yeah. they fuck it up. Okay. Yeah. Your hero needs to fuck it up because that yes. is called agency. And that is really important to literary agents because they want to know your character's agency. They want to know um that your character is making the wrong choices. Otherwise, they come across as boring and what we call, I believe it's called a Mary Sue character, and that's boring. Nobody wants to read that. That's, every time they do something, it never goes wrong. They Everything goes perfectly. right. They do it perfectly. Boring. No, that's boring. There's no, there's, there's no adventure in that. Who cares? So, from Star Wars. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Dude, okay. Well, Ray, wait. I uh, wait. Ray from Star Wars told Han Solo how to fix the Millennium Falcon. Okay, I'm done. Sorry. <laughs> Han Solo, <laughs> the Millennium Falcon. All right, I'm done. <laughs> If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that Ken's got beef with Ray. Okay. I do. You tell Han Solo how to fix his ship. All right, oh, all my right, God. Up. Okay. So, in Die Hard, because that's what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we Die can hard, break down hard. Star Wars another day for sure. But in, that's in, a hero's in, journey, blah, blah, blah. Yes. In uh, Die Hard, Breaking to Two is when, uh, okay, the first bad guy comes after John. John fights back. He's not trying to kill him, but the guy ends up dead. <laughs> he ends up killing him. And yeah. then, then John was able to, to take his gun. And what he does is he sends his body down the elevator as a warning, a base essentially announcing that he's in that building and he is against them and that they got an enemy now. Well, so that was the second part though, right? Because he, doesn't he kill the first guy, take his radio to call the police on the emergency channel on the radio? No, I think he, he steals the radio first. Steal, and then he throws the body out to land on Family Matters dad's car, cop car. Right, but I mean, but like we, so yeah, but then, but what he does wrong, though, is that yeah. so he kills that guy, but then he announces that there's somebody there that's against them. But oh, when he... he? Yeah, because okay. he writes, he he takes that guy and yeah. he puts a Santa hat on him, puts him in the office chair, puts him in the elevator. He goes downstairs and there's he has a now sign. Now I have a machine it. gun. Ho ho ho! Yes, yeah, yeah. Yes. I just thought I just thought he alerted Carl. Oh, well, no, name? so so that's part of it. So yes, he so okay. we do see him. He kills a guy. Sorry, okay. I'm fucking up your order. <laughs> nope. No, that's okay. That's no, I'm just saying, like, that's what he does. When the hero, yeah. the first bad guy comes after him, he fights him, and then he kills. He's not trying to kill him at first, but then he does. 
but then now yeah. he's in it. So now he's in it. Now he's like, well, I'm in it now. I killed this guy. Um, you know, I, I, I'm in it. He, he yeah. basically made his choice now. Now he's involved. So, and then the seventh B is the B story. Um, uh, t- uh, should be about 22%. And that's the int- introduces a character who will somehow represent the B story theme, the B story or the theme or to help your hero. So the B story for uh, Die Hard is um, the the Carl. friendship with yes with the with the uh, Al I think the other cop the LA cop Al the actor's name is Carl isn't he? or was Carl, that his name Carl? in Family Matters I can't no, remember Urkel? but he was the dad in right. Family Matters with Urkel was so I thought Carl his name there? was I think it's Al it's Al you're right you're right sorry yeah no worries no worries so yeah. the b story character is basically the la so what happens is when john finally gets a hold of lapd okay to l- alert them and tell them hey there's some bad guys here in the tower there was it not nakatomi tower or whatever it's called nakatomi plaza plaza yeah. yeah um and so and he and he starts talking to him on the radio because he gets a radio and he's able to talk to this cop and they become friends Right. And he kind of he talks to him about family. He talks to him about like his wife that gets getting ready to have a baby. And, you know, John uh, recognizes that this is a good cop. And he's like, what are you doing on the beat? Like, what are you? You're a good cop. You shouldn't be like patrolling the beat. He's like, what'd you do? You know, and he's and he opens up to him. He tells him, yeah, you know, I accidentally shot a kid. You know, it was dark and and uh, I thought he had a gun. And so they, they put him back on the beat. And, and so he got a little bit of um, PTSD there, you know. Yeah. So they build this this friendship um, over uh, CB radios. So Car- Carl, now I'm calling him Carl. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I did, it. I did it. I'm responsible. Al, <laughs> Al and John. Uh, start to have this friendship and so john has been communicating with him and um i think it's a good thing too because john needed someone to communicate because he is all by himself as he's hiding from the bad guys he's essentially hiding in this huge building as they're killing off people left and right yeah and you know he needs an ally and that happens to be al so that's true that's the where we introduce and before he talks to al we get that that b story introduction of his character we see him driving. They show us him driving in his car. He goes to, I think, 7-Eleven or some some store like that, convenience store, and picks up a donut and, and something. Ho-ho, something. Yeah, I and he's like, so-ho. yeah, and he's like, it's for my wife. She's pregnant. And, and this cop, you know, I hate to say, but he's a little bit on the chubby side. So, of course, the cashier's like, yeah, for your wife. Okay, sir. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. he's like, you could tell he wants to tell him, fuck off. <laughs> yeah. But he doesn't, right? So so we are seeing this. We're getting this introduction of this character. And we see right away he's a cop. We know right away he has a pregnant wife. We know right away he's like a pretty decent guy. You know, he's not a bad guy. Yeah. He's just kind of like, hey, mom, just patrolling. It's late. And, you know, he's hoping to, like, just be able to clock back out and go home, whatever, for the night. And then, you know, he gets he gets <laughs> stuck in this whole situation with John McClane. Because what John does is, like, uh, can't yeah what ken said earlier because he calls so they able they get out to go inside he goes to the building talks to the guy that's out front that's supposed to be the security guard and he's like yeah everything 
yeah, he's one of the terrorists, you know, and he's like, yeah, everything's fine. He's like, I don't see anything wrong. I don't see anything. And so he's like, yeah, you know, I don't know. It must be a, a wrong complaint or whatever. So he starts to leave, you know, and, and John McClane's like, no, no, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know? And so he panics and he sends one of the dead bodies out the window and falls onto the cop's car. And then that lets Al know, start like, shooting. starts he shooting start and he knows. Yeah. Yeah. And then Al backs over that embankment and like crashes. His yeah, car. and he starts. That's when he starts calling the police. Like, hey, we got yeah. you know. Yeah, so that's when everything coward. goes. Yeah. And so that leads us to the eighth beat, which is the fun in games, also known as the promise of the premise. And this should be between twenty to fifty percent in your manuscript. And basically, what the promise of the premise is, it delivers the promise of the novel of what your your novel is about. So when that when your reader. Uh, picks up your book and they read that back part you better deliver on what you're what you're telling them this is about okay yeah. so it basically also show, should show how your hero is faring okay in this new act of this new uh, b story and um, show them how they're faring are they are they succeeding or are they losing um, are they having fun are they like they're floundering like what we need to see what's going on with your character at the promise of the premise. So in Die Hard, the fun in games is um, um, basically anytime John has to fight a bad guy, times they're shooting, um, you know, like um, him, the, the, once the bad guy, once he makes the announcement that he's there, yeah. then the guys start looking for him. They're starting to go seek him out. They're like, this guy's hiding. We need to kill him. We need yeah. to find out who is this guy. It's terrorizing us because he starts John just starts killing off the terrorists essentially. Every yeah. time he bumps into one as he's hiding, he kills them and takes their gun and their weapons or their C4, tries to get their shoes. For some reason, all these men have really small feet. I don't know what the detonators. <laughs> the detonators, yes, the detonators. Oh my god, that, that's a big that's a big deal. So yeah. he starts as John is starting to kill these people. He's collecting their weapons. He's collecting the detonators, which Ken said is a really big, yeah. a big uh, plot point for um, the, the for the villain. Um, and so that we get to, we kind of like see that happening. We see John going through that. And it's you know it's exciting. It's an action movie. I came here yeah. to watch an action movie. There better be some action. And that your yeah, readers they came here for a fantasy romance. There better be some fantasy romance. There better if be some goddamn romance. Yeah, there. You know, like I mean, that's what the writers. That's what you're promising. Yeah. I'm sorry, readers. That's what they're you're promising your readers, and you have to deliver. You got to deliver. Because they're going to be really disappointed and be like, they said this book was about blah, blah, blah. And I didn't get any of that. That was missing. They're going to be really sad. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's yeah. And I love the promise of the premise. And when I'm writing, that's my favorite part. Because I love doing all that fun stuff. That's like the fun oh, stuff. Hell yeah. That's yeah. Like, like the car chase scene in the movie. Like that's yes. fun. Yeah. Yes. So that's where all the action is, where everything happens. And that's where your hero is either winning or losing. Things are going well or things are going really bad. Okay, whatever. Yeah. Okay, so then we get to the ninth uh, beat, which is the midpoint. This is at 50%, guys, okay? This is the middle of your story, and it needs to show whether your hero is having a false defeat or false victory while at the same time raising those stakes, okay? So in uh, Die Hard, what happens is the villain, Hans, um, who we already said was um, Alan Rickman, 
Professor Snape, excuse me. Yeah. Get it <laughs> he right. Want, he, yeah. Sorry. My bad. <laughs> but Hans, Professor Snape, okay, finds out John's real name and job. So now, so. Fuck you, Ellis. So before, yeah. So before when John, during the promise of the premise, they're trying to find John and they're trying to figure out who is this guy? Who is this guy that's fucking up my plan? Who's killing my people? Hans is pissed. He's like, who is this guy? Okay. So he finds out John's real name. He finds out he's the cop. Okay. Because one of the, another, I guess you could say villain. Uh, well, yeah, but who's happens to be flirting. fumbling good guy? I, not even a good. I don't know. He, he's he's not idiot. a good guy. He's an, an idiot, idiot, but he's a bumbling he's a, idiot. I wouldn't say he's categorically bad. He's just a douchebag, right? He is so, a douchebag. Yes. So yeah, basically what they do is they pick up this guy, Alice, or no, Alice, uh, um, volunteers Alice, to go yeah. help uh, to basically help the situation. Um, and he's kind of got it out for John. And um, he's a he's, high price salesman too. Like, so he thinks he can. He thinks he's anybody. hot shit. Yeah, he yeah. thinks he can be like, I got this, guys. You know, leave it up to me. Yeah. I got this. Um, but he ends up fucking it up for John, real fucking bad. Man, real bad. Really, just fucks it up for John and Hans. By him doing that, he finds out that he's a cop, and he finds out his name is John McClane. And so now, um, and John, you know, he's trying to save Alice and telling him to shut the fuck up because he's got Hans has a John on the radio as he's talking to Alice, and Alice is like, John, just turn yourself in, just stop all of this, blah blah blah, you know. And John's like, shut the fuck up, Alice they're gonna kill you don't tell him anything because they're gonna kill you and then of course they do they kill him he's dead they're like thanks we got one of you bye bye and said and as the viewer we already know that hans is gonna kill him because we saw him how he killed the security card and the owner of the company takiyashi right yeah, he to the, yeah he didn't care. He's fucking killed him. So uh, you already know when you're watching this, you're like, yeah, Alice is dead. He's he's yeah. already dead. Yeah, he's fucked. Um, so yeah, he's fucked. He's dead, and yeah, he died. And so, um, you know, so that was a false. That's not that's a defeat for John. Okay, because because yeah. before for a while he was able to get away with Hans out with not knowing who he really is and that he is a cop right yeah so now he knows now he knows and it's that's bad for john john's like fuck you know that's really bad and then the other minor the other minor villain right the police chief also blames so the the police chief and then the fbi comes and they of course they want to take control of everything and they fuck it up and yeah police chief's like another minor villain for al it's like for for al and and john too yeah it's kind of jackass But yeah. anyway, so the next, so after the bad, uh, after the uh, bad guys close in, which is what happened to John, then we have the next beat, which is the all is lost, and that should be about seventy five percent, and that's basically your lowest moment for your character. Yeah. So for um, um, or I'm sorry, did I I skipped the bad guys close in? It's my fault. My bad. All my all my blame. 
No, 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 no. So I just finished with the fifth with the midpoint. Okay. So now the tenth, yeah. we're at the tenth beat. The tenth beat is the bad guys close in, and that should be between 50 to 75%. And basically, what that is provides a place for your hero to rebound after a false defeat or fall down after a false victory, all while the um bad guys um uh close in. So for um for Die Hard, the bad guys close in is when Hans goes up to the roof and John catches him. He And Hans pretends to be a hostage as he escapes. So he kind of fools John and he tells him like, yeah, like, oh, you know, like, oh, don't shoot me. Don't shoot me. You know, so we all this time we've seen Hans with an accent. But when he sees John he um he loses his accent and suddenly is American and so he um I'm sorry Bill Clay yes he re he and, reads it off the directory it's brilliant mm -hmm. that he has has a name in mind it's yes so Hans goes up to the roof and then John catches him okay but he pretends to be a hostage okay and then they get into a, a gunfight because because John knows that he's lying once he gives once he's talking to him, he knows he's lying and he knows that it's Hans. And so yeah. then they, you know, there's a gunfight, they fight, whatever. And John gets away, but Hans knows that he's barefoot. So this is where, <laughs> this is where like, you know, that whole barefoot thing comes into play. And so he has his guys shoot out all of the glass so that his feet will get cut. Whenever Shoot he tries the glass, sorry. Yes, yep. I'm reenacting. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. So yeah, so you know, he now he knows who he is. He knows his name. He knows he's a cop, and he learns that he has no shoes. He's barefoot, and he just really fucks it up for John. You know. Oh, so yeah. now they're shooting all this glass, and there's glass everywhere for John, and he's trying to escape, and he has nothing. He's nothing he could do. He has to run across that grass. I mean, grass, glass. He has to run across the glass and yeah, he cuts up he his does. feet, fucks up himself really bad. Yeah. So, um, and, you know, then we see kind of John like in the bathroom as he's trying to take the glass oh. out, you know, and he's on the phone. Pulling the, the pieces out. Oh my God. Pulling the pieces out. And, you know, he's talking yeah. to Al on the radio, you know, and he kind of wants to quit. And that's the yeah. lowest. That's where we got B11, which is the all is lost moment. And that is like the lowest moment for your character. This is when your character um, is just like John is like, you know, uh, his, his feet are, are bloodied. He has no shoes. Hans knows his name. He knows he's a cop. The FBI decides to cut the power. Okay. And when he cuts the power, the bad guys, we see them get into the vault. But then not only that, we find out that um, they find out that Holly is his wife. So yep. now they know that he has his wife, that they have his wife yep. as a hostage. So, um, you know, it's like then that, so, but before John knows that, he's just kind of feeling bad for himself because he's feeling like a failure. Um, his feet are all cut up. He's kind of like, talking like lowly talking like he wants to quit whereas al's kind of like hey don't talk like that you know don't say stuff like that whatever right and then yeah. that leads into the 12th beat which is my one of my favorites my second favorite because i love the catalyst but i love this 12th one is the dark night of the soul the dark night of the soul should be about 75 to 80 percent and this basically shows 
how your hero reacts to the all is lost moment and how they eventually break through to a resolution. Okay. So this is when we see them at their lowest. So for Die Hard, uh, John gives up hope in the dark. He's bleeding. He's broken. He tells Al to give his last regrets to Holly. Like he's just like, he can't. He's done. Right. And that's, it's a sad moment. And it's a sad moment for John. It's a, it's a sad moment for um, Al too. Cause he's kind of like, Hey, we're friends. Don't do this. <laughs> you know, they're already, <laughs> well, you can fucking tell her yourself type shit. Yes. You know? Yes. He's like, yeah. And I'm not going to do that for you. You're going to do it. Yeah. And then that goes into the 13th beat, which is you break into your third act, which should be about 80%. And that's when your hero finally fixes things the right way. This is when things start to go well for them. So for uh, John McClane, it's when he finds out um, that the top of the building is rigged to explode and he realizes he still has to try to save everybody. And he has the detonators. Yeah. He has those detonators that there. Oh, oh no. actually, I think he loses no, them. Car- that's he right. loses them with the shoot the glass. Carl he loses is... them. That's right. Forgot. Um, Carl's the Han- blonde yes. terrorist. That's where I'm getting the name problem. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. I think. <laughs> but he knows that um, he can. Um, he's gonna. He's gonna try to save everybody. He's like, yeah. okay, so um, that he can get everybody off of the building. They can get everybody out of the building from the rooftop, I believe. Yeah. So he well, kind of no, he, he knows they're gonna blow the roof. He saw right. the wiring and explosive, and they're putting all the people up to the roof because the FBI are flying in. Right. So he wants and to. He that's to right. Get He's trying to get them the down. Roof. Sorry. Oh my gosh. I got it yeah, backwards. Yeah. My bad. No, you're good. So he, yeah, he learns that it is about to blow up. They're just gonna kill all these people. Yeah. So he's like, okay, I got to save them. I'm going to get them out of here. I can save them. I could still do this. Yeah. You know, he has a solution. He's like, I can still do this. And then that is where we see him helping. And then we go into the beat 14, which is the finale, which should be about 80 to 99%. And that's when all the problems are resolved. Okay. That were created in act three, they are created in act two um, are resolved. And uh, it proves the hero has learned the theme and has been transformed. Now, for literary works and books, this is huge, guys. This is a big, big thing. I had an agent uh, request a manuscript, read it, and declined because my character didn't go through an arc and didn't have enough agency. And she was just like, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to decline. I I wanted to die because I was like, what the fuck? Um, I didn't realize it's a big deal. And a lot of, if you listen to other podcasts, we know there's other podcasts with agents. Um, They do talk about that character arc. It's huge. It's a big, big thing. So this is where that arc comes into play. So for um, uh, Die Hard, um, everybody gets their moment. McLean and Holly, they work together to out um, fight Hans. Uh, Argyle gets his chance to save the day from the um, the evil geek. There's this geek there, and he's able to um, take him down. Al, the cop who went off, um, that was been helping um, John, um, he went off the streets because he couldn't shake the ghost of the kid he killed by mistake. So, um, and he couldn't pull. That's right, he couldn't shoot his gun, and he shoots down the last bad guy. He's able to finally do it, and we see that arc for him as well. L. Yeah, he ends up no. killing Carl. You got, me so Carl. you got me so confused, bro. Han <laughs> yeah, Solo, the Millennium Falcon. All right, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm 
I'm done. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Oh my god! And then as a special uh, bonus, uh, we see Holly punch the shit out of that annoying reporter that we've been watching throughout yes. the movie who keeps reporting yeah. all this shit. Um, and he's the one who um, who put her kids out on the news. He like brought her kids up, and yeah, she's, and yeah, was a dick to the housekeeper, threatening to call INS on her. And, like, so just we kind of so you kind of gonna wrap that up for your. So if you have characters in your story um, that you're showing besides your hero uh, maybe other side characters it's good to give them a little uh conclusion as well we should see yes. a little bit of that conclusion just so that the reader has that like everything was closed up tight and nice and neat and and they feel good when they finish your book you should have it's, that it's, it's, it's like braiding a cord and you got three loose ends at the end you want to tie all three of those ends up together yes you know each character sorry yeah you should no it's just it's it's uh, it's uh, pleasing for the reader for the viewer you get to see all these things come together and you're like yeah that's cool and yeah. then the very last beat you guys is the final image and this is basically at the 99 percent 100 percent. it should be an after snapshot of your hero and their life to show how they've changed and in die hard we see john and holly kiss um in the limo and um you know they drive away from and we 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 think they're going to go off to their be together again. Like you get yes. the picture, like maybe they're going to work through this and stay together. So yeah, he, finally, learned the he learned the he lesson learned, of family is more important than he work. learned the lesson. And so he's going to be with his wife. Yeah. So we think, so we think, so we, but think. so yes, if you've seen part two, you know what I'm talking about. I see part three, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> How about four? Like, How about five? Oh yeah, all of them. Uh, part three is my favorite because I love Jeremy Irons. He's just so cool. Such a cool yeah. villain, and that whole thing. That's with Samuel him. on three. Yes, right? and I because I just love that whole like cat and mouse game that he puts them through. I don't know. I just think it's cool. Oh yeah. But anyway, so that's that's the uh, basically uh, Die Hard, um, the Save the Cat beats, um, and like we said, you know, you can apply this to your manuscript that you're writing right now ask yourself like i said if you have these beats if yeah. you don't have these beats you know think about adding it and then you'll know i know for me by watching a movie now that i know these when every time every movie i watch i can kind of point out the beats like oh this is the this is the catalyst or oh this is the the second character that's going to be the one that's going to teach this character everything you know yeah. or whatever right like you can kind of when you go watch a movie you're going to see these as a writer it's hard for me now to watch a movie for entertainment because i'm thinking of like all the beats like i know what the next yeah. beat's going to be <laughs> Oh yeah, exactly. You know, uh, so but yeah, so that um, I hope that this was helpful to you guys, uh, yeah. just by having a different medium and being able to like apply that to your own work. And like I said, we will plan on doing this with other movies that we're going to break down and with other story structures. There will be other movies that use Save the Cat, and we will talk about that too. But there's oh, yeah. also the Hero's Journey, which is I I love the Hero's Journey. There's the three act journey. Uh, story structure, I mean, excuse me, the three-act story structure, which a lot of books are also do as well. Uh, I mean, movies uh, and books uh, use the three-act structure. Um, so we will, you know, we'll go over that um, and talk about our, our some of our favorite movies because I love movies. I've I've been, I've always, you know, yeah. I don't know. I love movies. I could talk about movies. I quote lines in my day-to-day -day conversation. <laughs> me too. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> it's funny when people at work will catch it like, oh, I don't know what's that from? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> but anyway, so uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this episode and we'll do it again. I'm not sure what the next movie will be, uh, but we'll try to pick some fun movies. Like I said, it won't be like every episode like this. It might just be like a little episode between here and there. Um, but again, if you are listening and you need um, help on your query letter, please email us uh, to at uh, two writers in a bar at gmail.com and just put on their query on air. We'll know yeah. what you're talking about and we'll give you our critique. We appreciate you guys for listening. Um, and if you guys get a chance, if you could give us a star rating or leave a review, we would appreciate that because it definitely be helps good. follow us on social media. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter and YouTube. Please give us a follow. Um, I, I know right now our social media is a little bit dead just because we've been on a break, but I plan on, um, posting again but uh yeah other than that um and if anybody know. wonders this is a soul stamp from brandon sanderson's emperor soul if oh wants. nice all right if anybody wanted to notice nice all right guys thank you for listening and we'll see you guys in a couple of weeks bye <laughs>